Hi, everyone. This is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and, and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look so, at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. The ladies of Orange County took a trip to Ireland and it's anything but relaxing. After a bumpy start to their vacation, the ladies head off on separate adventures. The two groups reconvene for dinner where Kelly awkwardly tries to make amends with Tamara. However, the peace treaty doesn't last long. Comedian Justin Martindale joins me to break down this episode. This is Real Housewives of Orange County, Season 11, Episode 16, Bringing Up Old Ghosts. Let's get into it. How are you? Good morning, afternoon. Good to see you. Where are you? I'm in LA right now. This is my podcast studio. I'm actually recording. At your house? Uh, at the Comedy Store. Oh, you have a podcast studio at the Comedy Store. I do, yes. That's cool. Is that, wait, I just watched that documentary. Was that about the Comedy Store? That was about the Comedy Store, right? The, it was the, the, the Showtime one? Yeah, the guy, Mike Binder, I think maybe. Uh-huh. Was it him? Probably so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole bunch of little documentaries here and there. Yeah, they just celebrated their 50th anniversary here. So I taped my podcast, Just Saying, with Justin Martindale here. Uh, we've been doing it for like a year now. And yeah, it's really taken off. We're having a good time with it. How long have you been um, a stand-up? 14 years. This year, September. Uh, yeah, this September. Or wait, actually, this June was when I got passed here at the Comedy Store. So yeah. 
Do you ever bomb? Do you still do you bomb ever? I mean, no. No, you don't really bomb. <laughs> no, I do. Everyone, you have to. You have to bomb to get better. You know. It's like skiing. Like if you're not going down the harder trails, is that what it is? Yeah, avoid the trees at all costs. You know, but like every now and then you fall down, you get back up. That's just how it is. I did stand up one time at a new. I had ten days to prepare. It was just something we I discussed with Paul, my fiance, and then because I had said it out loud, I kind of challenged myself and I did it at New York Comedy Club and it was the first night that the comedy clubs were opening during the pandemic and I didn't think about the fact that people would be wearing masks and had to be six feet apart which is the opposite of comedy it's the weirdest thing it was a weird thing and um I I would say like if uh, if it were getting a grade I got like a seven out of ten I mean I got laughs it landed I didn't feel like naked and afraid I I definitely didn't bomb and I understood I just wanted to know what it really felt like. Is it something that you people say I could do that? And everyone, when you, I said I was going to do it, my accountant and different, Oh, I'd be great at that. I was like, all right, well get up and do it. And, um, I was happy that I tried it. Like that. I did it. It was mm-hmm. three minutes. I called a bunch of comedians that I know, like, and I had a lot of respect for the medium because everyone responded like Chris Rock and Ellen and Kathy Griffin and Whitney come. Everyone responded with real advice, like long, advice and it was all different advice but i i I, kevin neal it it was a great experience yeah you like cherish those little moments and when when actual comics give you that advice that's what makes you better you know what i mean and so you just keep going and going and perfecting it and everything we did it during uh when that that same time we were doing stand-up in um parking lots Oh, people okay. in their cars, like in a drive through and we're on stage and everyone's in their car and they're flashing their lights and they have little clickers like clicking out. Oh, that's that's an experience. It was so weird. I was like, OK, I'm glad that's over with. <laughs> well, there are rules to which I didn't realize, like they're different and you can decide on your own, but like pick up the microphone, put the microphone down, get rid of the stool, put the stool, like dumb things that like I wouldn't have thought about. And I never thought about that each person has their own style. Like you fit into, are you a storyteller? Are you a joke teller? Are you a ranter? Like, a roaster, I, yeah. Yeah. What are you? I'm a storyteller. Like they're long, like a Kevin Nealon style. Like I'm they weave into each other. Yeah. Kind of sort of like a storyteller kind of picking up pop culture things that are happening around. That's very much like what my <laughs> podcast is and like observational humor and like how people are trying to just make it into this crazy world, you know, and, and, yeah, that's nice. that's fine. I do. I love. I love telling stories and doing characters and voices and all that kind of. Oh, stuff. you do characters and voices? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, maybe you'll do one while we're here. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. are you a Housewives fan at all, or you know what? I am and um, ish. I'm. I'm okay. really, like new to the Housewives. I know mm. forever. I know of you. I know of you know Ramona. I know all of that. Um. I'm personally a Beverly Hills, Miami Housewives fan, just because I just love um, over the top chaos, you know? (laughs) Yeah, but you're so you're not fluent, but you could you can get by on the language of leave even Orange County where we are right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yes, of course. Orange County. Actually, the the episode you sent me, I remember watching that one. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like, so, yes, that's funny because I am not. Believe it or not, I'm not fluent at all. I I never even watched my own except for to see the one rough cut just to see if you were safe 
or dead. Like if you're going to live, have a bad week or a good week, like, and, um, that was it. I didn't watch it in real time with commercials or whatever. And then I only used to watch Atlanta in the beginning, but I'm not, I'm not fluent either, which is ironic. So they're in Ireland and, the first thing I'm noticing is Heather's Chanel rain boots. I don't know why they jumped off the page. I just was like, wow, I kind of want those those rain boots. <laughs> They've jumped off the page. Yeah. Um, and I remember thinking how, I don't know if the women look like this now, but everybody struck me as very pretty. Mm-hmm. And like there are other cities where they spend more time on their glam. This is like pre Mac Daddy Glam, but I thought I just really thought everyone looked sort of fresh and and pretty, which I don't always take the time to say if that makes any sense. Yeah, like an Irish spring rain, you know, just fresh, glowy. Yeah, everybody, everybody's (laughs) exactly, exactly. Okay, so Vicky, Vicky, they should do a show called Vicky and Vans. Vicky, Vicky gets her hand caught in the goddamn van. Like I thought she was going to, and she had a thing earlier in, in like the beginning housewives of her cursing out a driver because of a minivan to the airport. You know what? I, I always wonder if producers can like intervene, you know, like can help. And they just let her just dislocate her shoulder for a while. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, can yeah. someone, and we're like, no, this is, this is the journey you're on. <laughs> Thank God. This was only a dislocation of a shoulder. Yes, yeah. Vicky and Vans is is a great watch what happens, you know? (laughs) Vicky and Vans, you need one more because things are better in threes. But the one thing about Vicky is she's never been, the reason she's on my Rushmore, like a Nini or Teresa, is she's not afraid to look bad. Mm -hmm. Like, she's not afraid. She's not she's not always crafting what the audience is going to see. Like, she doesn't mind looking messy. She gets dirty. She gets dirty and you know what? She grunts. I love, I love, I do the same thing when I'm in the car. Like if, like my boyfriend always makes fun of me. He's just like, you're very vocal. Like if, if there's like bad traffic, I'm always like, hup, 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 hup. and he's like, okay, that's, that's my Vicky. I, th- I feel like Vicky grunts and makes sounds and I'm kind of here for it. She expresses herself. She'd be a good Foley artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just <laughs> making sounds for movies. Exactly. Um, all right. So I found that the ancestry scene, scene was very produced. Like, that's where the producers think they have a good idea. Like, let's play pin the tail on the donkey at the birthday party. Like, it just felt very produced. And the Hermes bag and the furry yes. vest, you know, ugh. But I mean, did she look good for fall, Megan? Yes, she looked great. You know, but- I thought and and Kelly, I mean, Kelly had the Hermes bag and the furry thing. But I thought Kelly looked I thought Kelly looked good for fall, too. Megan's yeah. very pretty. They're very pretty. I thought this scene. But this- I did. How weird. I mean, think of it. This is I totally agree with you. The we're going to take these women to Ireland. But at the same time you're going to ask random strangers if you're related to them? I don't understand. How, not get maced. How was no one, how was there no pepper spray involved? <laughs> Is it because like Irish families typically have like 11 children in them, so you're bound to, it's like a stereotype? Is it like grounds for cancellation? Irish? I'm not Irish at all. I have no Irish or Scottish. Cut to me getting a 23 in me, and I'm like, I'm 100% Irish. Like, I have no idea. But I have no... I, 
I'm. I think that I did. I did one of those. The other one, ancestry, and I was like a tiny bit Irish, but not not enough to yeah. to, to count. But. I went to a Catholic school in Rockville Center, Long Island, which is a very Irish community. Mm-hmm. And everybody's last name was Gallagher or Murphy. And everybody's first name is Maureen or Megan. And there were like a, people had 11 kids, seven brothers and sisters. And and it's like Dennis Leary has like seven brothers and yeah. sisters. That's the cliche. You're going to be related to someone. Oh, OK. Yeah. Um, and I. I want to know what you thought about. The comment. So it occurred to me now watching it back. The, when I saw things years ago, I saw the whole medium differently. And now watching it, it's like breaking down a football game or something. I'm not in it. And I see it differently. And it wasn't Kelly saying it directly to Tamara. It was Kelly saying to another woman, that's why her kid doesn't speak to her. Daughter. Yeah, I think it was it was Kelly saying something like, "What? this is why her daughter doesn't speak to her. And of course, it gets back to Tamara. Right. Of and, course. What did you think was going to happen? Right. Well, in reality TV, everything has to be put on the lazy Susan in the center of the table. Mm-hmm. Nothing can be. That's what producers, you know, Tinsley's trying on wedding dresses when not engaged. The producers dump it on me. I put it on the center of the table at the lazy Susan because it has to come into the show. That's what we're all doing. We're supposed to trash each other and someone has to win and someone has to lose. But. It did also, don't me. forget there has to be a black and white filter, something dramatic <laughs> <laughs> from the ghost of Housewives Past. We yes. remind you of what happened. <laughs> That's so what a good creative note. Right. The flashback has to show you that it's a black and white, grainy, gritty uh-huh. <laughs> hallway scene. Fact. Yes. <laughs> yes. But how many things do you say about other people that even like. Your parents, your sister, your brother, your cousin, your boss, your assistant, assistant, like your agent, your whoever, your booker, the person in the next room at the comedy store. If they heard the things that you say about them, like you'd be you'd be ripped to shreds. So it's like it seemed bad. And now it doesn't seem that bad because she didn't say it to her. It was a throwaway comment. Yeah, I feel like nowadays it's even more just, you know. You find out things that people are saying about you and it's just the gates are open, you know, but I don't know. Is that a thing where it's like, I feel like that's very Teresa. It's like, you don't talk about my family. You know, it's very, is families off, right? To other people? Yeah. No? But no, I mean, well, she's fucking her husband's best friend. I mean, you're going to say that to you, to somebody, you know, like. You know, well, yeah. they never are home with the kids. The kids are raised by nan. Like a throwaway comment. Like yeah. it's a throwaway comment. So it gets brought in. And there's another reality sort of nugget that I was guilty of once in taking the bait. Like if you take the bait, it becomes a bigger scene and it becomes more of a housewives moment when it's exactly the opposite of what you want. Because Tamara really doesn't want her relationship with her daughter which was strained coming into the show, it triggers her and she goes crazy when if she was just like, oh, okay, great. Anyway, pass, pass, pass the Irish cream. It wouldn't have been, but like- Pass the Irish cream. (laughs) You know, it's a lesson for life that you got to hold sometimes and not take the bait. But also Tamara knows what's good television. Thank you. Absolutely. She's like, oh, yeah. what happened? Oh, let's bring Christianity into it and oh, the wrath of God. I, I agree with you on the Christianity, but I think 
there are times when something comes out that crosses over that line of it being good television and you really just are like raw and you really just don't want like bad mothering to be something in the media. Like that's a line or like there are things where like you're like, this is the line and this is like, you know, the Denise Richard, Richards, bravo, bravo, bravo. That's when the line is crossing. You can tell that that's like they don't want that to be good TV. Yeah, fair. You know, I, mm-hmm. I thought this was I, I having been there, thought this was one of them. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi everyone, this is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and I Fund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. Hey everyone, it's Sophia Bush, host of the podcast Work in Progress. I am thrilled to tell you that Work in Progress is back for a third season. My friends, it has never been more important than right now for us to have all of these big conversations. Together, we are gonna get educated, a little bit enlightened, and we will definitely be entertained. 
I started work in progress because I'm a curious person and I realized there are so many people I get to speak to that are fascinating and rare. (laughs) And so I thought, why not take these conversations out into the world? I'm gonna be having deep chats with thought leaders, newsmakers, celebrities, entertainers, authors, elected officials, and more. You can join us and listen to Work in Progress on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. What about the scene with the cows? Will you ever drink milk again? Don't. I mean, when did this turn into the Real Housewives of Fear Factor? Because it's just it's no one signed up for this. Did we enjoy it? Yes. But I thought for a second, anytime there's like cows and hazmat suits, I don't know why, but I think they're going to like do the whole single life fisting the cow thing. Can I say fisting the cow? Yeah, I'm sure I'm here. You can like a rectal exam for the cow. The cow. Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But I thought that's what we were going to get into. And I was like, I didn't sign up for this. I watched this on Saturday morning. I'm having my coffee, like having my croissant. I'm like, well, here we are. We're going to watch some cow shit on these poor women. Did I live? Yes, I did. Um, But I. you're now vegan. No, no, no. But I, I wanted, you know, I wanted, you know, some insight on how the Bailey's uh, Irish cream farm works, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure that was great branding. Now I want to drink Irish cream. Yeah. But I felt I have when you watch TV, if you see like clutter in the background or certain th- like I felt dirty at lunch. Yeah. I watched them and I watched Heather take off her Chanel boots. I was fixated by where she must have put them. And then they mm-hmm. had the hazmat suits and they took it all off. And I felt like they were dirty at lunch. I could not get away from like the urine and like all of it. So I felt dirty at lunch. And then the the steak of it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Didn't they have steak afterwards? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, I'm now eating the cow. I just, I mean, it was like PETA must have gone goddamn bananas. I mean, honestly, <laughs> insane. I feel it was like, like there's the, a movie like that where they there, there's like some horrifying scene and then they like show dinner, you know, and you're <laughs> like, oh, that's what that was. Yeah. Um, and also, I'm sorry, but I would be taking a full on Silkwood shower after that. Yes. Bef- you know, yes! I'd be scrubbing and just uh, like, no. Mm-mm. And the smell, I could smell it. I Horrible. I love when they all hugged. I do think that that reminds me of why the shows don't need to be so trashy. They can be just... Lucy abolished. That was like sort of the Lucy and Ethel sure. moment. Yeah. But um, we had a couple of nipples references. It was nipples and steaks. And then Vicky mm-hmm. showing her tits to, to, to FaceTime to Heather's husband. At and lunch. Dis- at, lo- <laughs> at lunch. <laughs> well, wait, well, you mean not in a, in a blue gown in a doctor's office? Just, yeah, just that. But is that the same lunch where she said that she has the best vagina as well? No, they flashed back to her fake cancer boyfriend saying that she has a gorgeous vagina. Black and white filter? I don't think it was. I think it was a flashback to a dinner. And it's weird. I believed him. I'm now thinking about Vicky's vagina. I don't know why I believed him. I didn't doubt it. I believe you did too. Well, before this interview, I was laying, you know, last night before I went to bed, I'm like laying in bed and I think my sleep paralysis demon woke me up and I'm staring at the ceiling going Vicky's vagina. Like it was, it was the first thought that I had. And I was like, is this normal? Like, because I was like, now I know. know? Well, we can add it to your show. Vicky, Vicky's vans and vaginas. 
<laughs> on TLC. Yeah. Yes. Biggie's fans. <laughs> and cross country. Uh, I believed it. I, and I didn't believe that that I didn't believe that Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina smelled like that candle. But no. I believe that Vicky's vagina was nice. So that's she got mm-hmm. that across. But there was a Miami episode where one of the women got to the house and showed Lisa Hochstein's husband, Lenny, who's a boob doctor. Mm-hmm. She was like, but the twins are here, like talking about her breasts at a party. And I thought, is that OK? Like, because they're a doctor, I was like, so you can just show your vagina to like, I don't think because they're a doctor, you're going to show your breath like. Hey, hey, gynecologist, I know we're just at, you know, Peter Luger's, but I thought I'd show you my vagina just because I want to know if you think I need, you know, a pap smear. I think it's like that's where the line is, but that's where it's TV. I think that's also like you need to recognize when someone's off the clock. You know, they're not you're not just getting a free. This isn't, you know, what's that? What's that coupon company that uh, coupon? No, um. Gr- Wait, what is it? The one that's like does all it's the gr- it's with a G. It's a Groupon. No, no yes, Groupon. no Groupons. It's like when it, when someone comes up to me and they're like, "Oh, you're a comedian. Tell us a joke." I'm like, "I'm not working right now." Right. I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't know you. No, I don't need to see your hoo ha or your whatever. You know. Right. Yeah, that's so true. The doctor should send. Yeah, exactly. Or if you but, really want to send that person into a spiral and they show themselves, you just just go gross and just let them like spiral. You know. <laughs> This is yeah, it's exactly. This is yeah, where what's wrong with you. <laughs> this is where alcohol seems like such a good idea on reality TV because you don't think it's really happening. I mean, it's a crazy thing. You would think who would ever drink to excess with cameras on you, but it's it makes you feel more relaxed and it, you're so Indoor dehydrated. You're in Ireland, but when you're doing it, your adrenaline is so lit. And you're so dehydrated, like your nervous system is working overtime. And you know how, like, probably you do know better than anyone, like you're doing comedy and like it just seems like a good idea, right? To have a drink. Do you ever drink before doing comedy? I have. Yeah. Was it a a bad idea or a good idea? You know, it depends if it's, you know, um, I could do like a like a cocktail. That's fine. But um, yeah, I've had I've had my moments where I'm like, you know what, let's have, you know, our 17th martini. What could go wrong? I've definitely had those. Those were like back in the early days. But I try to stay clear from it just because you want to have your head clear. You want to know what's landing, what's not landing. Um, right. And, the and- next day you might wake up and you thought it landed and it was like it did not land because you were yeah. fucked up and you were in your own head. But there are comics who have had that that's happened to them or like they're on, you know, they take an edible or they're smoking weed. And they, there's some comics who are like, that's the only way I can perform. And I'm like, I believe <laughs> right. it's more terrifying to me. What do you think about the Kelly click thing? She's at that lunch and I've been there uh-huh. and you feel really uncomfortable. And there are certain people that are very good at the following Ramona and Tamara are both equally good at like, Something having just happened and it they bring the drama, but don't kill the party. Like mm-hmm. I would be stopped down if I had heard that someone was talking about my daughter and it was brought onto camera. So to Tamara's credit, even though it it doesn't matter that she said it to someone else. Now we're in the show, mm-hmm. the meta of it all. It's hard to kind of get on to the next golf hole when you're still thinking about what happened and how you fucked up the last one. And Tamara and Ramona are two people that deserve credit for like, you could have done the worst thing ever 
on the last scene and they're just the next scene is like a fresh start. They're like a talk show host on the next night. Yeah, agreed. I, I definitely feel like um, uh, they are the girls still in high school, the seniors, the popular senior girls, and they know that they kind of have the power now because they know who messed up, you know? Mm-hmm. So I feel like that whole lunch was just Tamara milking it, just like, ooh, no bitch, pun intended. Did, you know? And Kelly felt, Kelly really felt like, mm, like, and Tamara had that power just to be like, I don't want to talk about it right now. I don't want to just stop. Just stop. You know, it's very she wants to talk about it, but she's going to milk it for all she can, you know. And I distinctly remember I was in Colombia. I don't know why I remember this the most. And you kind of can remember when you feel like everyone's turning against you. Mm-hmm. You're in the show. You had it going good. Something happened. I, I always say the pendulum swings. This this medium is a zero sum game. You are very rarely in purgatory. If you're in purgatory, you're getting fired. You know, yeah. like someone nice like Jacqueline Lorita was in purgatory for a while, but like it, you cannot sustain with purgatory. You can only sustain being Vicky, being loved and amazing or right. being hated. Like, and with someone like Kelly, who's been disliked because she took it too far, then it gets dark and the audience hates to hate you and it doesn't end well. It's like a very, it's like limbo. It, it's like a seesaw. Yeah. It's constantly That's like scary. to try to keep it. It's just never really in the middle. And I so I remember being in Colombia and like I could feel, oh, they're all turning against me. It's my turn. Like if you're if you don't know who's getting whacked, you're getting whacked. Yes. I'm feeling like this is Kelly and her way of doing it is just like everyone's so mean, but it really doesn't land because like you've said some pretty mean things while lashing out and sometimes being attacked. It's just not landing. But I think that's Kelly's personality. I don't know what sign she is. I don't know. Um, I've never met her. I know of her. Um, but I definitely feel like when you push somebody and yes. just pushing and pushing and pushing, she's just going to, you know, and I get that. Me too. Um, but I think that's what it was where it's like, she's just, and it's everything. So close quarters, you know, yes. she's at the van, she's at the lunch. She's just like, just, just leave me alone. And I think she just spits off because she's like, look, I'm getting ganged up on. And then when she says something, it's too much. And then everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? What's funny, though, is that I believe that probably both of us, if we watched it whenever it aired the next day, we would have been like more team Tamara and that this girl deserved it. Mm-hmm. But we're older and more evolved. And we have kind of grown with the way that society portrays things and cancellation and thinking about people's feelings. And I think that I agree with you. Like I was seeing her as a girl who, you know, has had it. And, and I, I, I was sympathetic towards her as well. And I just don't think that I would have been that evolved 15 years ago to feel that way. Yeah. I think she had just had it. And I think, this was prior to like, how do you deal with your feelings properly? How do you, you know, and this was like old school lash out. <laughs> and everyone old was school, like, old school lash out. Exactly. And, when, and you, when you lash out like that, then it's like, okay, now we can even go in more and make her life a living hell, which is what happens later in this episode, I think. 100%. And um, she's apologizing and I don't even think she knows what she's apologizing for in the beginning. Like she knows she said something bad. She just wants the pain to go away. She just wants to be liked by the cool girls and like get through this trip. But the trips 
Now, let me explain to you because we could talk about the reality reckoning later. This thing that I'm in the middle that I'm in the middle of and the front of been, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know if you've heard about it. Have you? Oh, yeah. Right. So a lot of it is that where's the line? Like, where's the line? This is a workplace. Effectively, people are paid. They have to be there on time. They're not paid properly, meaning from a contract standpoint to be technical workers. Yeah. But in any workplace, this sort of treatment, and yes, it's sleep deprivation, and yes, it's alcohol. Now, it's not that it's clockwork orange and producers are putting toothpicks in your eyeballs and saying, <laughs> stay awake, but they're aware when you land. Uh-huh. They're aware you had a you had a uh, jet lag, but they only have a certain number of days. They've got to maximize the money that's being spent, and you have to work all the time. And they reference that how they went to bed every night. They're exhausted. They're drinking, and you're just on a loop, and you're on fumes. And I cannot express to someone who has not done this what that whole machine does to you. You've you've been on tour. You've been right. You've oh, been yeah. on tour. You're in another country in another time zone. You got to get up and perform. You're afraid. So that's that. Add alcohol, add a schedule, add emotions. And I'm not kidding. Like you don't feel normal and you yep. want to get off the ride. You're like but a shell you, of a person. Thank you. You're mm-hmm. having a nervous breakdown. And I want to bring that up because they later I'm say dead. that, which is what they said to Kelly, which is what I said about Kelly. But I didn't think about it in a holistic manner about Kelly's probably never had a nervous breakdown before with her friends. Kelly Bensimone. Oh, OK. Yeah. Who did have a breakdown. Kelly Dodd probably never had a breakdown before. You're in a pressure cooker. And it's all these things happening at once, which is production's dream. So it's the upside down. Because if at work you see Jane drinking to excess, has asked, she's having, she's she's a little afraid. Her boss has to be like, all right, I think you take the day off tomorrow. You seem a little, that's not this world. This world is no take the day off, no stop shooting. Put the cameras in closer if you're having a fucking nervous breakdown. That's TV gold. Oh, yeah. Get in there. Get in there tight. Yep. So that's the whole reason for the reckoning. And I was part of the cesspool. I was the queen of the cesspool. I own my part of it. But now I'm watching this stuff differently because I've rinsed it and I'm not in it. And I'm watching this girl in each scene. People are telling her to drink. And I really believe that because the producers do say, oh, my God. Now, get a couple of I swear on my life. They've said get a couple of martinis into Dorinda and then she's going to fucking fly off. I've heard this and I'm not, I've heard, I've heard this before, but that they're like, Oh no, we just get them boozed up and they, we just keep them, keep them, you know, keep feeding the cows. No, you know what I mean? It's like, keep milking the cows. It's like, turn that knob in the back, wind them up. And it's not technical. It's not like, Oh, we need you to drink. It's not, we're pouring it down your throat. It's not that, but it's, really setting everything up in the same way in the beginning of the bachelor and bachelorette they don't oh, have alcohol sure. like that absolutely it's you called know, there was that one episode or that one season where that one woman was just like wasn't she just like shit-faced and she yep. in the she didn't even make it to like the first round but like everyone was talking about her the next day because she was the drunk loose you know crazy person so now yeah. she's dubbed as that for the rest of her life you know yeah, and Kelly Dodd recently said no one ever forced her to drink, but you're watching other people say, have a drink, have a drink, have a drink. You're having a drink. I know for a fact that's production saying, just get her wasted. She'll fucking do something crazy. Well, wasn't that Shannon? First, it was Heather with the flask. With the you'll fire drink, Like ignoring, flask? no. 
no means no in alcohol too. Yeah. And I I've never seen a woman with a fireball flask. I you know <laughs> Me just, either. Chanel. <laughs> Chanel fireball flask. Amazon wish list. Okay. Just mark that down. Uh Chanel. But I agree. I agree with you where it's just like, when do we say like no, I'm okay? But then there's the peer pressure. Oh, just come on. It's just one more drink. And you're like, okay, I want to be cool and fit in. You know, it's the old old program. Just say no. Right. And Bravo has recently published a letter to Deadline saying that they're now going to be more cognizant and more conscientious about alcohol consumption on set because I bring back work like you don't watch someone. You don't watch someone drink nine drinks at the Christmas party. Someone in management's going to be like, they need to go home. Yes. You know, or if someone has a problem. So this is a different weird world where there are no rules. So I think that's that's part of my propaganda. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, I'm, I, I'm noticing it differently because I'm thinking about it. Um, so, OK, so. Oh, oh, it's funny. I wrote down what you said. People snap. That's interesting. I wrote that down. People fucking snap. They snap. We see it all the time. We see it all the time. It's- and yeah, you're right. And she wants she's calling her husband saying, I want to go home like a bit like a child. I remember me calling Dennis. My pass. He passed away. I want to go home like you want You're like a baby at school and you want to go home. Please come get me. I'm over this. I don't want to be here. And then on top of that, you're getting that different rush of adrenaline where it's like, I want to go home. I don't want to be here. Then the adrenaline's more panic. You're having a panic attack. You know, your body is dehydrated, whatever. And that's, I hate that feeling, you know, of just like, and you're in another country, like (sighs) there's nothing. And you're sleep deprived. Yeah. And all of that, you know, you've been drinking the night, the night before (sighs) you don't know who to trust. I get it. That's terrible. You're right. And also, you won't be paid if you go home. Oh, really? You won't be. Yeah, you'll be told that you won't be paid and you won't be in an episode. I mean, there's a thousand layers to it, but you're kind of trapped. And then to add insult to injury, not only will you not be paid, you now know you're in so deep that if you walk out, they're going to talk about you in a scene. So you kind of have this addiction where you want to be in it, which is what happened with Kelly on Scary Island. She wouldn't go to bed, even though I was saying go to sleep because she knew that we so and she was a little fucked up, I think. And it's very hard. Like, I don't I never saw it that way because I was, you know, we were the unsullied in Game of Thrones, but I see it definitely. So I have compassion for Kelly Dobb, which I didn't think I would be saying, but I do. I yeah. do. Um, so now let's talk about this. Um, well, first of all, to lighten it up, their label flex seems like it's a normal level. Like it seems like women I know, like the Chanel bag, the this. It's not like Beverly Hills where it's like in a frame, put on a pedestal on the table. The Birkin <laughs> is like, a, yeah, a rotating plexiglass box. Like it's like literally I've seen them put into the camera line. Uh-huh. You know, like uh-huh. here's my giraffe notebook right in front. Hold here on, let it's me like scan a- it real quick. Let me scan it. Yes. <laughs> Where can I get it? <laughs> yes. Here it's like in the middle of the table. Like you're seeing Chanel bag flopped over. It seems like a realistic label flex, which I like. Mm-hmm. I it's get normal. it. Yeah. Just a good label. Uh, just a comfortable label flex. It's I love yeah. That it's thing, a, by the way, it's a comfortable label flex. It's not. It's not. You know. It's not. It's not like star billing. It's like a support, mm-hmm. supporting character. Where do you stand on nighttime hallway filming? I was so uncomfortable. 
Tell me um, why. I, I I had a hard time understanding actually what was going on because from what I from what I gathered, Kelly was asleep. The girls had gone out to a bar or several. So they were kind of, I feel like they had time to kind of conjure this little like trap almost. Mm. They had to fly out the night, that night, right? So they were just like, like oh, AM, so- like four or five in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll then, sleep on the plane, right? And then they called her out into the hallway, right? Or she got up because she heard they were talking shit about her or whatever. Well, well I think Vicky spilled some tea to Tamara and then Tamara texted her. God knows why she oh, was Oh, they awake. sent her the picture. Yeah. Which, grow up. But then, yeah, of course, I think it's like you're asleep, you're aggravated, you just want to go home, her buttons have been pushed, she's called her husband, like, get me out of here, and then let's just add one more coal to the fire. And, yeah, she got up, and I thought it was just so shady that Heather had her phone out and was recording her. And yeah, of course, no one wants to be like, it's it's two o'clock in the morning. Get your camera out of my face. Like, what are you guys? What's going on? What's wrong with you people? Okay, let me explain something to you that's terrible and that I was right. And then I was excellent at it's like an addiction, the whole thing. And when you're in the machine, everything is something. So you have like, that's why you cannot be on with friends, because if you let's say you have a good friend that's on. And you're out there being exposed for anything that you've ever done or are doing. And your friend is having an affair. Now you're like holding onto their secret. Yours is wide out there. And every single thing is fair game when the cameras are on and when the cameras are off. You're in this game. And like I said, it's always it's a battlefield. So at night when you're not on the actual field with the guns, like, you know, you're, you're still you're still in the headspace. And the problem is. In the middle of the night, it's going to be one point for that team. So they're not going to not film that because the next day, if a tree fell and no one heard it, it didn't really happen. Exactly. So you got to always be getting points on the board, whether the cameras are on or off. And you always want everyone to know everything that happened, especially if it's something that somebody else did that was bad. Mm-hmm. Which I and feel like I just started watching Salt Lake as well. And I feel like that's what's happening with Salt Lake this season. It's very much that, like, get them on a sprinter van, get them all to fight. You got the new girl who just got her Louis Vuitton bag. You know, mm-hmm. you have the bragging about my $60,000 ring is missing. It's just, it's very much like that. Just pure chaos. Expose them all, you know? Yeah. And you want credit from the producers. You want the producers to, like, pat you on the head for what you've just done that was good. Because mm-hmm. then, you know, you're in more scenes and you're more you and you want to point like it really is like that. Anyone who says it isn't is lying. It's not like I'm stuttering. It's not like I'm asking. It's not like it's open for discussion. It's a fact. I get it. It's so, like Squid Game. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it, exactly. And it's really the Hunger Games. Like you're just yeah. in it. You're there for yourself. And the reason that you're friends with other people is because they're alliances to push what you're doing forward and hopefully get to the Super Bowl or the end of it, which is the reunion and survive. Yeah. And Taylor Swift will be there, of course. But of, um, of course, of course. <laughs> can we do that? Can we pitch that to Bravo? Can we do yes. Housewives Hunger Games? That would yes. be amazing. Yes. Because people would be dead. People <laughs> would be actually dead. Um, and I think about and I really do not blame the people on the field. I really blame the game like the girls are pushing the alcohol because they want something to happen with Kelly. Then the stink mm-hmm. is off them. And it happened years before with the naked wasted scene. And they mm-hmm. showed back to it. It's like, oh, let's right. get yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they you even know? did that. 
Yes. They were like, naked this wasted. is part two, naked wasted. And they even said that. Exactly. Um, okay. So now, now we're in that van. And I'm thinking they have to get on a plane together. And I'm thinking what that, to your point, like what it feels like to be depleted and you're on an airplane and you're disgusting. It takes you probably two weeks to come recover. What the hell happens in that van? Like, what the hell? Well, I'll tell you what. Vicky's arm was still caught on the van. She still hadn't been helped. And I, that's where <laughs> she's like, guys, what? I'm dragged. No, um, there's nothing that I. Oh, it's I, I'm like this when when it's early and there's loud sounds, whether that be a loud talker or like some construction outside, especially when it was like, what, 3.30 in the morning, we had this weird altercation, just get me home. And then it's just pure. Anytime there's a night vision camera on, I I think like there's, it's the worst. Shout out to the DP because you felt it. You had bad breath. You left yeah. stuff in your room that you forgot when you were packing your suitcase. In a rage. You're just dis- what? In a rage. You're packing like just. Yeah. Get, like just. Yeah. You're you smell like anything. some some bad potato chip. Like you just can. I can feel how toxic and disgusting they felt. Yeah. And it did feel like a, ba- a school school bus with like a little kid that was like being picked on and like seems mean and gives more reason to be it really did i know i don't know why i really don't think you and i would have been sympathetic back then to the same degree i don't know i don't know but i really was sympathetic i feel like we missed we missed a moment where kelly does admit that she was sorry i don't know where that came from i'm so sorry i've never done that before and it cuts to several of the women saying she has done this before and we got good old flashback scenes of her saying i've never done this before i'm so sorry so they are even like making fun of it they're making fun of her apology they're not acknowledging her apology because they don't think it's genuine you know at least she apologized it's not because it's survival skills. It's Ramona. It. Huh? <laughs> it's Ramona. Like it's it's not really a real apology, but you need to do the apology because the producers need you to go to the bottom, but they need you to come back up. Otherwise, it goes too dark, and then the viewer turns off. Like mm-hmm. it's this game, uh, not unlike the media. You mm-hmm. beat somebody down, and, and then they're canceled. But then we want to watch them come back. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hi everyone, this is Rachel Zoe with the Climbing in Heels podcast. We recently sat down with a few recipients of the Botox Cosmetic Onobotulinum Toxin A and iFund Women Grants at South by Southwest, thanks to Botox Cosmetic. Take a listen to our conversation. It's so good. What advice would you give to upcoming like female entrepreneurs or just already sort of established trying to survive still? I literally joke with my staff and and we always are saying, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? You want to be broke all the time and working 24-7? Ooh. Yeah, but look at you. Yeah, right? But I'm here. So the advice that I give is and I coined this, and I believe I said it on my TED Talk, that your passion follows you. You cannot follow your passion. So my advice is to let your passion follow you, get out of your own way, and never stop and never settle. This episode was brought to you by Botox Cosmetic. Learn more at BotoxCosmetic.com and talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, call 877 877- Three five one zero three zero zero, and follow the Climbing in Heels podcast on iHeartRadio, or subscribe where you listen to your podcast. So I'm because you're younger than I am. I could tell by your beautiful skin. Thank you. I'm becoming too spiritually evolved in the sense that I. I'm too like touch. I'm too sappy and 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 sympathetic because. I've met, I've really spent time with Nini recently and I've spent time with people that I met during this whole franchise process and I've really liked them off the show, which leads me to believe that I I wouldn't want anybody to judge me based on me on the show. So how would I judge them? And with all these provocative questions we get asked in the media and on shows like watch what happens live, we're saying shitty things about each other. And then we we're surviving. So when you're at your, like you're surviving, you're not at your best. So I've judged Kelly Dodd and I bet you in real life, if I met her at a cocktail party, I'd probably like her. Yeah. I, I, I have learned that, that to not believe people are like what you see on television. I just feel like I think so. I mean, I feel like a very few of them actually are, but I've met Nini. I I, I worked with Nini on, um, she was a guest on Cupcake Wars like years ago, and I was a writer on that. And she was a delight. Her and Cynthia were on it as a team. They were lovely. Um, but yeah, I definitely feel like there's a small percentage of of people. And that goes with like anybody in entertainment. I mean, there's, there's several people, you know, there's comics and stuff where you're like, Oh my God. I mean, look at the whole like Ellen cancel thing where it was like, Oh, she's a nightmare in real life. You know, it's like, there's so many things like the Jimmy Fallon thing happening right now. What is your opinion of the Jimmy Fallon thing? I honestly don't know because I don't, I don't know him. I'm not there, but I mean, you've never met him. I've never met him, but I oh. mean, there has been this like a couple years ago, there was saying there was something along the lines of like him having a drinking problem. 
Mm-hmm. So it also go into go into effect that he's a father. He's like working, you know, Monday through Friday. This mm-hmm. and has to be on all the time. So I don't know. The same thing happened with Kelly Clarkson, who I adore, you know. And Kelly was like, I had no idea what was going on. So there's a lot of little factors that everybody kind of has to regroup and figure out how we want to make the machine work. Whether that's reality, whether that's you know talk shows, whether that's any sort of entertainment. So. So you're saying there's a bigger reckoning overall, which I agree with. I think so. Having been on Jimmy Fallon many times and knowing him and having spoken to people very high in power around Mm -hmm. his show, I have a decent recipe of what I think. One is that, you know, it's so necessary for him to be like the boy next door and the aw shucks and then every mom in America likes him. That's kind of what they put forward, which does land. And there's a lot of pressure to that, obviously. And he does like to party and does like to drink. And that would have been his Achilles heel. That was what was sort of worried about by the powers that be. I also think that doing that every day is such a machine. It is. And having to be on and you're a traffic cop and you've got to get integrations in and you've got to get questions in and you've got to. And I will say I defended him and it was picked. It was picked up in many places that from my experience, um, and I've met him off the show. I've met him in real life. Like in my experience, he and his wife are very nice people. Like they're gracious. And he, unlike most hosts, every single time comes into your dressing room and is really nice and charming. And that's exhausting. Of course. You know, and to be, so I think that it must be a tremendous amount of pressure, not to mention you, who's a comedian, knows to be funny. That's such a grounds for insecurity, not just to be gracious like Kelly Clarkson, to be funny. You yeah. have to be fun, be a clown every night. That's hard. Yeah, it is hard, especially when, you know, you're dealing with the the world falling apart and people falling apart, spiraling. And it's like your own world. You're going through your own sort of depression, your own sort of chaos. And you have to show up and be like, hey, I mean, it's hard. I've had definite I've had nights where I've just been like, God, what am I doing? doing how can i do this yeah but also in the same aspect of like a jimmy or any type of late night talk show any type of celebrity at all it all only takes that one little person to kind of go out a and termite say, a termite turn, yeah and just turn you know 100 percent. and that's why i felt responsible i felt a responsibility to say for whatever my opinion is worth i do not believe that jimmy fallon should be on the list of cancellations because I think his is the exception, not the rule. I'm sure he's fucked up and I'm sure the environment is fucked up and he knows about some, doesn't know about others. But I think when he apologized, it was truthful. And I think he beats himself up more than people do. And for some reason, he, like Kelly, which Kelly's wasn't about her, it was about her team and his was about him and the environment. But I just, I felt like we all are so quick to judge and it was Mm -hmm. important for me to say publicly that I did not want to put him on that list of, I I believe that Jimmy Fallon's a good guy and yeah. that it's got to be really hard that people don't see that. That's well, and there needs to be, we need to bring back just forgiveness for accountability, like genuine yep. accountability. I, 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 you know, I, I remember an old saying that nobody's perfect, you know? Yeah. I feel like we should get out, get over the whole like cancel stuff and just like learn about forgiveness and like, Hey, we're allowing people to grow. Granted, if it's like awful, terrible, horrific. I understand what you're saying. To err is human to forgive is divine is what you're Mm -hmm. saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's become crazy, but 
it's weird because every day you get canceled, but you kind of get renewed the same day. It's like, it's bizarre. Like Balenciaga was the devil. And then now everyone's wearing Balenciaga. I, I, I was saying, you need like a cancellation report, like a weather report. Like, are we, oh, we're allowed to, I don't even have Balenciaga, but like, am I supposed to be wearing it? Like, is that what the cool kids are doing now? I don't even know. You know, you go on a ride every day. Yeah, it's true. And that's why you're just kind of like, what am I, what are we doing today? What's, what's in, what's out? What are we, are we still mad at Lizzo? What are we doing? What's exactly. We're bobblehead dolls. No, she's brave. No, she's insane. What, are, what, what is happening? <laughs> it's exactly, it's so true. And that's why it sounds ridiculous. But I wrote this like weird, like manifesto mission statement yesterday because I was trying to take accountability. I'm 52. I'm older than you, like I said. And I was like, I'm part of this. And a lot of times I talk about things that I'm reading. So I'm literally regurgitating, but putting my own spin on something. It's been fed to me. And whether it's a little comment about a Taylor Swift or something, what the, I really don't know anything. I don't know these people. I don't know Meghan Markle. I don't know any of these people. I do know the effect that some things have on my daughter yeah. filtering or face tuning. I can have an opinion about something, but I don't have to go hold Kim Kardashian responsible for my daughter's false ideal of beauty. I'll be the parent. I have to parent stronger. Like, so I feel like I've had a weird awakening lately about all this stuff. It is interesting because it's like, I've always been obsessed with like pop culture and, and, you know, one of my idols was Joan Rivers, you know, for sure. And she would talk about entertainment and stuff. And it's like, it's just so funny if you're not, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. That's what it is. So mm. you're allowed to have an opinion, you're allowed to make a joke, but if it's not a joke that everybody likes, then you're not funny. You know well, what because I mean? you have to, well, that's harder for you as a comedian because it has to land. And like, what it was that Alan Alda said, if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not. But if it's but, funny for these people, they love it. If it's funny, if it's not funny for these people, they're going to like, you know, give you one star reviews on your podcast and, you know, this and that you need to not exist anymore. You know, that kind of stuff. And it's just like, oh, my God. So that's something that I've had to learn with. In the past. That's so true. And it, it's ironic because the most wholesome who was praised for his comedy without using curses was Bill Cosby. Mm. How ironic. And the one on TikTok that everybody adored and was God was Lizzo. Yeah. So we shouldn't have these idols like d- st- keep it at 55 miles an hour. We don't have to go so hot and be, you know, make it that there are goddess gods because they're just bound to disappoint. Yeah. I'm like, it's, just wait, just wait. This whole Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing. It's like the the the, min- the one game they lose. Oh, oh, my. oh, the curse of Taylor lives on. You know, it's I couldn't even imagine that level of fame where, you know, I couldn't either. And. It just feels distracting and it feels so by design, but you wouldn't think at that level of fame, it's by design, but it can't not be because Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, every single thing you do is being filmed. Like you're on a reality. That's a reality show. So Taylor is on a reality show for sure. So, you know, everything you do, where, say, everyone you bring that it's obvious. We've, we've, we've proven that. So if you put what? You just have to just be robotic, it, it seems, you know, like, you know, you're being watched at every well, moment. Well, you don't or be, or you No, I'm saying like the queen knows she's being watched. The queen of England knows when she was. A, so you saw that, like, not a lot of movement, not a lot of opinions, not a lot of anything because every gesture is taken. So Taylor Swift is as big as the queen of England. And she puts her hand arms around the mom and really is very, you know, excited and animated. So. That's positive and she's having fun, but we all have to know that it 
it's got to be intentional by design because she's smart enough to know that nothing she does is not captured. So I don't know what the design is and I don't know what architectural plan she has going, nor is it my business, but she, it is by design. I think so too. Cause it's, I think it's like some weird masterful puzzle that like, and knowing her with her Easter eggs and stuff, I'm like, how is she just like this? I don't know. She's just a crafty. Yeah. She, <laughs> she decides. No idea. Either she's a saint or a sinner. I don't know, but whatever yep. she's doing, it's working. Like everyone's you- tuning into football now. And I'm like, what? She decides. Exactly. It's great. Well, if you're good at it, that, you know, I mean, like I said, the queen of England was a was a long reign and she was amazing. And so if you're good at it, go. It seems to be working. Yeah. We'll find out. You're amazing. I love having you on. I would love to have you back. It's like so just refreshing to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's it's like it's an honor. I love I love seeing you in person. It's like it's a dream. Thank you. And yeah, no, and I, it's important to me that like, in talking about the show, it's not like we're trashing people. We're like, just talking about dynamics. We're watching, Dyna- showing the show. That was the right. assumption. We but understood. talking about all women, it's like talking about all women through this vehicle. So I appreciate you for playing along. Thank, um, you. thank you so much. You got it. Have a great day. You too, Beth. Bye. That was fun. Um, I liked him. I mean, it was Paul, my fiance, who comes up with a lot of my ideas. He's the one who always says you should have comedians do rewives with you. They just have a different way of analyzing things and thinking about things. And he was very, very sweet. And um, I love I love this show. And I've been nervous, frankly, about doing the show, not wanting to be hypocritical because I'm talking about the reality reckoning. But it is a vehicle to talk about women and what women go through. It's not a vehicle to trash anyone because we certainly have not trashed anyone. We're just talking about dynamics with women and life. And I enjoyed it. Thank you. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. 
Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.